The Frells family calls their land. It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, we are uh, here. It's uh, the uh, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, it's uh, time to recap uh, another great uh, Friday night of uh, high school football. Uh, plenty of uh, surprises again this time around, uh, I think, uh, Brady, and uh, some things that we did uh, expect coming up on the program. 100%. I mean, Marine City rolls, Marysville, actually more impressive than I thought. You had Port here on Northern, had an impressive opening week win. But, yeah, there's definitely some things in the area. A couple big upsets that, you know, surprised both of us when we saw the scores roll in. Uh, we had some sad news this week, and uh, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up the passing of uh, Jim Weimer, who uh, lost his battle to cancer at the age of uh, 64, worked at the Times uh, Herald for decades, and uh, helped a, a lot of people there, a lot of young journalists who have moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, and he helped them not only professionally, but I think he helped them as people. I think anybody who came in contact with uh, Jim Weimer is a better person because of it, because the man was a shining example in uh, being uh, humble, honest, kind, um, and just a, an overall uh, great person. Um, he was also an official in many sports, uh, a father and a husband, um, and uh, I know I met uh, Jim Weimer in the mid-90s. Uh, I consider him a uh, friend. He was like a time machine, uh, Brady, hmm. um, because when you talk to Jim Weimer, he could tell you about the past in the Blue Water area sports and make you feel like you lived it too. Uh, just a great person. Uh, he, deeply loved by so many people, and he will be deeply missed. I mean, you saw the pouring of support um, just after he passed. The amount of lives he touched, what he did. Um, I call him the godfather of Blue Water Area Sports because he was, because for 40 years, you knew if something was happening, whether it was high school football or it was rec league bowling, Jim Weimer knew about it. And there is uh, not a, you're not going to meet a better human being than Jim Weimer. Absolutely. Absolutely not. just what, <laughs> as someone coming up in this profession, someone you aim to be like and. You know, we can't say enough kind words about him. Just know that to his wife and kids that our thoughts are with you. And uh, I said this tonight on the broadcast, but Blue Water Area is a little emptier now after his passing. Yeah, he was a treasure, and uh, we are going to uh, miss you uh, a lot, uh, Jim. All right, we'll get into it uh, when we come back in just a moment. It's uh, GetStuckOnSports.com. Your kids, your schools, your sports. The Frells family calls their land greener pasture, and they maintain it with ease on their John Deere 1 Series tractor. The Frells family runs with us because this is more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a 1 Series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Stop in today to one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, <laughs> slip, <laughs> squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low-E glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And your hosts, Dennis Ducky and Brady Beaton, let us get into the uh, scores from uh, Friday uh, night. And we'll start with the uh, game that I was at, uh, Brady. Port Huron Northern Huskies taking on uh, Sterling uh, Heights. Um, this is one time where I will give you your props. You guessed right. You said that Northern be down at the half and have to come back and score late to win the game. And that's exactly what happened. 21 to 14, but I'm going to tell you as a a person who witnessed this game, the score does not indicate how much Northern dominated this contest. Uh, The Huskies had uh, 368 yards of offense. Sterling Heights had 155, and 51 of it came on one play. Northern's defense was really good. Um, The offense shot itself in the foot on a lot of drives. Northern left a lot of points on the field but they got it done when they needed to get it done. And after starting and stopping, starting and stopping and starting again, hmm. uh, I, I think they've got to be pretty happy uh, with their uh, opening uh, victory, getting the 21-14 decision over the uh, the Stallions. Hold your thoughts until uh, we get uh, after the highlights and uh, talk to Larry Rollins. This time they're going to move Nico Johnson in with the trips and split him out way wide to the right. Yunnan is wide left in uh, the duo of receivers that way. The beast looking Johnson's way. They fire it to him, and he's got room inside the five and into the end zone for a Sterling Heights touchdown. A six-yard pass to Nico Johnson. His fourth catch of the first quarter, and the Stallions strike first and take a 6-0 lead. Well, now a big third and five here for the Huskies from the Stallion 42. They'd really like to pick this one up. Long and Hool to the left, Green to the right, Bird in the backfield along with Ullenbrook on third and five, Boink out of the shotgun. 
Give to Ollenbrook. Straight ahead. Puts his head down to the 40. Stays on his feet and breaks loose to the 30, to the 20, 15, 10, 5. Forget about it. Ollenbrook into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. 42 yards. And a northern score ties the game at six. Power formation with Bird and Falco in front of Ollenbrook. Bloink under center. He dropped it. Now he's going to pick it up and try to score himself. Burrows to the goal line. Touchdown, Northern. Dylan Bloink, the sophomore, fumbled the snap, but he didn't panic. He picked up the football and managed to squirm his way over the goal line for a Husky score. 13-6, Port Huron Northern. The Stallions have no timeouts remaining. Remember that. They used all three of their timeouts in the third quarter. Johnson will line up in the backfield with the quarterback, Abyss. Receiver to either side. They give it to Johnson, but it's a reverse play. Hand it off now for Evans, and he's got some room to the 40. Evans to the 30. Evans to the 20. Cuts back at the 15. Squeaks through to the 10, to the 5, at the goal line, and he's in for a stallion touchdown. 51 yards on the reverse for Amari Evans. And Sterling Heights has pulled to within two points. Just like that. Hookstra checks in as a tight end to the left of the line. Bird and Falco in front of Ollenbrook. Blank under center on first and goal from the seven. Blank rolling out, throwing for Bird. And Bird will walk it into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. They snuck him out of the backfield again. And it's a seven-yard score to put Northern in front. And uh, that came with just uh, 2.19 to go in the game. Four seconds later on the game clock, uh, Dominic Ruiz with an interception to seal the deal, and the Huskies took three knees and ran out the uh, clock to pick up the win. Isaac Ullenbrook, 23 carries, 198 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, The sophomore, Dylan Blanc, with uh, 8 out of 20 for 140 yards, the game-winning touchdown pass. He also rushed for a score. Tyler Houle caught four passes for 106 yards for Northern, and we mentioned the Ruiz interception. It was a uh, a happy Larry Rollins. Uh, he's a coach. He knows they, they can improve, but uh, let's get his thoughts. First, the, the winning touchdown to Nick Bird. That's a play that you like. You used to run it with uh, Harris, I think, was the fullback here a couple years ago, yeah. and you did it a couple times one season, and you did it a couple times tonight, including for the winning score. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where you know, we were pounding the ball pretty well on him, and they, I went with my heavy package, and you know, I knew I wanted to use it. I was just trying to figure out what the best time to use it. And then I, I knew in a short second and short kind of distance on that play that they were going to be bringing a blitz. I just wanted to get it out wide with him, and, and he was wide open, scored a touchdown. So. Let's talk about the defense before I get into the offense because I thought they were great tonight. They gave up the one big play on the reverse, and there was one drive at the end of the first quarter. But other than that, you really shut them down. Yeah, I mean, defensively, I was very proud of the way our kids played. I mean, I mean, we have 11 new starters on defense this year. Uh, so especially with especially missing last week as well for us was was huge. Uh, and, but getting out of here with the first game of the season and getting a win, the defense, I thought, played phenomenal besides the big plays. But, you know, it's high school. That's going to happen, you know. And uh, Allenbrook ran terrific uh, tonight. And uh, Bloink, I thought, he doesn't panic. There were some bad situations out there where a lot of kids – 
might lose the football for you, but he just picks it up and does what he can do. Yeah, uh, offensively, Isaac ran the ball well. I think he was just under 200 yards tonight. Um, and the five, the big fellas up front did a great job of uh, getting holes open and the fullbacks and tight ends. Uh, and then Dylan, you know, for a sophomore, his first game tonight, I, I, I thought he did phenomenal. He stayed composed. He threw some good balls. You know, he didn't he didn't make the, the bad mistakes, you know, and stuff like that. So, I mean, he ran the ball well, too. And I, I thought overall, for a young team in the first game of the season, I thought it was a good win for us. And we have a lot of room for improvement for sure. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. There's Larry Rollins uh, after another Husky. All he does is win. Um, they've got a young team, Brady. But uh, I feel like the the score of this game tonight should have been 40-14 to 14 Huskies. But they got the win, 21-14. I think under the circumstances, they've got to be pretty happy. Oh, yeah, you knew that they were going to – they weren't going to come out firing in all cylinders. At least if they did, I would have been very surprised. They didn't really have to pr- any time to practice last week. So, yeah, you, you mentioned the stop-start nature of their first game. But after – Everything that's happened, I think Coach Rollins is going to be very happy that he's going to bed tonight 1-0. Yeah, I think they're going to look at the film of this. And, yeah, there's mistakes, especially in the first half when they didn't score and they were consistently on Sterling Heights' side of uh, midfield the entire first half. That's going to bother them a little bit. But uh, my feeling was as soon as they scored, it's like, okay, Northern's going to win the game now. Um, they've got this figured out. Uh, Marysville obviously has a few things figured out. You saw them play Madison. Yeah, um, it was kind of a slower start from they did score on their first drive, but it was only 7 nothing after the first quarter. Final score, Marysville rolled 49-12. to uh, they, have, they have some weapons. Uh, Zach Meyer threw for three touchdowns, two of those to Evan Woodard. One of them, a hook and ladder, Smayfield pitched it to Lee. Lee added another one on the ground later in the game. DeMarco Singleton, while he wasn't a huge focal point tonight, still got his touches, scored two touchdowns. They have some weapons there, and I think they made a huge improvement from week one to week two, especially talking to the coaches. That's a team that's going to be rolling, and I think when Clintondale comes in, they're going to be right and ready to go next week. All right, let's get to Brady's highlights of Marysville's big 49-12 win over Madison. Meyer snaps the ball, looks left, throws it. Oh, it's going to be a pitch play. Singleton's going down the sideline to the 15, the 10, the 5, the hook and ladder hit. LaMarcus Lee takes it all the way into the end zone. So Meyer will be under center once again. Smayfield lined up wide to the left. Fakes the handoff, rolling out left. He's going to throw it up there. That's Evan Woodard, and no one's by him. Touchdown, Marysville. Evan Woodard just snuck to the end zone. Easy throw for Zach Meyer, and it's 13-0 Marysville with 10.37 here to go in the second quarter. Again, twins each side out of the shotgun. Brown has Anna offset to his right. Dropping back is Brown. Looking to his left, and he's going to get hit. He's going to go down. Hayden Holberg comes out of nowhere, wraps up Dylan Brown. Going to be a huge loss. The, the Eagles not even in park anymore. They're in reverse. Credit to that Marysville defense. They're going to force another punt. Meyer under center. Man split out each wide. They'll put another man in motion. That is Lee. They're going to hand it off to Singleton. No, Meyer has it. He's going to throw a jump ball to the back of the end zone. Everywhere it comes back, and he's able to catch it. Touchdown, Vikings. Evan Woodard with that effort to come back to that ball. And Zach Meyer now has three touchdown passes in the first half. 20 to nothing, Marysville. 5.20 to go in the second quarter. 
Again, no one out wide for the Vikings. Meyer takes it. They're going to hand it off. That is Lee, I believe, into the end zone. No, that's DeMarco Singleton into the end zone. Touchdown, Vikings. Singleton's first of the night. The first for the Vikings on the ground. 27-6. Marysville leads Madison here early in the second half. Singleton in the backfield. They're going to hand it off to Lee, though, to the left side. He's got a hold of the 10 to the 5 to the corner to the end zone. Touchdown, LaMarcus Lee, his second of the night. Vikings lead 41-12 here in the third quarter. They're going to hand it off to Batkins again, running to the right. He's going to get to the corner. He makes a cut and into the end zone is Evan Batkins. Touchdown, Vikings. That pushes the score to 48-12 with 5.01 here to go in the fourth. Got to imagine that's all they need. Crossing the T's and dotting the I's at all that needs to happen here at Walt Braun Viking Stadium. And the Vikings would win 49-12. Again, slower start. It was only, I think, 21-6 at halftime. But as they got rolling, that offense just started to gel more and more. Coach Derek Meyer, he's 2-0 this season. Very happy with it. I got a chance to talk with him after the game. So here's Coach Derek Meyer's thoughts on their win over Madison Heights Madison. Coach, big win here, 49-12 victory over Madison. You know, a game last year that came down to the last seconds, improved to 2-0. Got to feel nice having two comfortable wins in your first two games. Yeah, I think so. You know, like I said earlier, hey, you know, the kids just want to get out and play. Uh, we make our adjustments. You get them out here. I mean, we, we watched our film on Madison. So, uh, you know, I, I think we were fairly well prepared for them. But, you know, you can never be 100% totally prepared. But we made the adjustments that we needed to. You had contributions from everywhere. Zach Meyer, three touchdown passes. Woodard, two touchdown receptions. LaMarcus Lee, two touchdowns. Marco Singleton, two touchdowns. I thought Hayden Holbrook had a good game defensively. Sam Lasher does what he does in the middle of that defense. Is it nice as a coach knowing that you have so many different options and that everyone was stepping up tonight? Yeah, and I think so. You know, with, with, with the group of kids we got, we got some really good leaders in there that know their positions well, that study it mentally, and they've studied it all offseason. Um, they're a close-knit group of friends, so that helps with their um, – with their esprit amongst each other and their teammanship. And you know what? I, I, I think they're, I think they enjoy playing with each other. You know, it's, it just motivates them and sparks them. Short week playing on Thursday night next week. Got Clintondale coming into town. Is that going to change up how you prepare this coming week? No, we'll, we'll still go about it. You know, break down our game film and then watch the scout film a little bit of, uh, loosening it up early next week, hitting the fundamentals, and then scout teams galore. So uh, the short week, I mean, uh, you're getting a game for the week, so that's awesome. And you know what? Hopefully it'll motivate both levels because we're playing back-to-back with our JV squad before. Seems, then they're playing Clintondale also. So we'll be hopefully be able to uh, sneak some uh, tidbits and info, you know, right before our game. Well, congrats, Coach 2-0. Feels good, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Let's let's keep playing. So <laughs> we'll get ready for next week. Beautiful. We'll see you next week. Thank you. We'll be there next uh, week. They play a Thursday game against mm-hmm. Clintondale. You saw Clintondale on Thursday against uh, Marine City, a thirty-nine nothing victory 38. for or thirty-eight uh, nothing victory for the Mariners in that one. Yeah, Clintondale is a team that they showed like a flash. They do something good. Um, but then they shoot themselves in the foot bad. And when you're playing a team like Marine City, they're going to take advantage of it. Marysville will too. They'll see that film. Uh, 
I think Coach Meyer is going to be favored in that game, him and the Vikings. But Clintonville coming up, if you're not well prepared, they do have athletes, but Marine City's Marine City. You give them an inch, they take a mile. They had a few miles against Clintondale on Thursday night. Who really stood out for the uh, the Mariners in the game? Uh, Zach Tetler, one of the sophomores for them. Uh, again, I know they had four different sophomores starting in the backfield, and they all looked very poised. But Zach Tetler was the story of the night uh, for the Mariners on Thursday. He had a pick six. He got the scoring started offensively. I mean, Jeff Heslip, again, I can't sing his praises enough. He's a sophomore. He looks very calm, cool, collected back there. A credit to that coaching staff, a credit to the way that program is run. I know he was up on varsity last year as a freshman, but getting live snaps is different than practicing. So the Marine City backfield, very strong, very young, but still four sophomores, they're all very mature. So Marine City has about six, seven different guys that if you don't pay attention to, they can kill you. I mean, Darius Watson barely played offensively, and they still put up 38 points, and they could have put up more if they really wanted to. And you said the Walker boys' names a lot in oh, the uh, football game yeah. defensively. They're, it seemed like they were making every stop. I mean, if it wasn't Wyatt, it was Mason. I mean, I feel like Wyatt Walker, when I don't know, I just kind of guessed and I assume number 21 got in <laughs> on the play. So, I mean, that's usually a safe bet. And Mason Walker had his fair share of plays. So, yeah, Marine City has a few guys. And then, um, yeah, I'm just, I know Anthony Rafino had a few plays out of the backfield. So, Mariners have a lot of names you have to get used to because there's not a lot of seniors on that team that, I mean, they, they, they do have a good amount of seniors, don't get me wrong. But a lot of their playmakers are younger guys, and they're going to get back, and they're going to be even better. St. Clair, uh, again, shut out uh, this week. It, it was a little more competitive, kind of what I thought with uh, Gross Point uh, North. 17 to nothing. the Norsemen beat the uh, Saints at uh, East China Stadium on uh, Friday night. Uh, so St. Clair still trying t- to figure it out. But at least it, it was better defensively. I mean, they, they knocked mm. 25 points off their week one score, so that's progress there. But they're going to have to figure out something offensively. Yeah, again, they just lost so much. A very young team. I think they are. I'm going to assume they are improving. Haven't seen either of their games. So you kind of only get to go off the box score and what you hear. But the St. Clair Saints, you know, down you lose 42 to nothing. But, uh, I mean, East Point blanked Warren Woods Tower 40 to nothing tonight. So they look like they're a legit team. Yeah, it looks like that's what they're going to do to the people they play this year. Yeah, so Gross Point North comes in 17 nothing Defense, you know, fights hard, but you got to score if you want to win. And I know the Saints are struggling. They have some injury issues they're dealing with. They're very young. So I think the nice part for them is they're making the playoffs. Everyone is. So they can just focus on getting better week to week. And you can tell there was an improvement from week one to week two. Yeah. Uh, a couple other uh, Macomb Area Conference scores before we get into the Big Reds who played later today. Uh, Utica beat Anchor Bay 36-8. to So uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde for the Tars. They win 40 to nothing last week, and then they get smoked this week. Uh, and uh, New Haven uh, was beaten by Madison Lamphere 64 to nothing. Uh, and I can remember for a long time, Lamphere lost games 
like that. Yeah. Now they're winning games uh, like that as the Rockets continue to uh, just uh, struggle right now. All right, later today, a 1 o'clock kickoff at Lance Cruz. Uh, the Lancers are 1-0. and They beat Sterling Heights last week. The Big Reds are 1-0 and after 51-12 trouncing of Frazier in uh, week one. From day one of our podcasts, we've been singing the praises of the Big Reds. They didn't let us down in week one. Really interested to see what this game is going to be all about. Um, I, f- I think it's going to be a lot of fun to call the game today because I think I'm going to maybe get to see some of the Big Red starters for longer than just two quarters. Maybe they'll have to play uh, the whole game. We'll see what Lance Cruz brings to the table, but they better bring their A game because the yeah. Big Reds are loaded. Well, you say you think you might see him for more than a quarter. Frazier got a win on Friday night. They beat Lakeshore. So – Frazier's obviously a competent team. They know what they're doing. Big Reds just might be that good. And I th- like you said, Lance Cruz has to bring their A game if they want to come away with a win Saturday. I mean, you're going live at 1. I don't know when you're listening to this. Hopefully Saturday morning. So, you know, it's, it's a little harder. Like when you're in radio, you always talk in the present tense because it's live. Podcast, you might be listening to this the Saturday at 8 a.m. You might be listening to it at 8 p.m. But in any case, Big Reds. Lance Cruz, 1 p.m. Saturday, get stuck on sports. Dennis, you have the call, and I think you're going to see another big red victory. All right. Uh, we're going to talk BWAC scores, uh, plus uh, all the other games in the thumb, a little eight-man football as well. Coming up in uh, just a moment as uh, this is the uh, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast recap of the Friday night football games. The Frells family calls their land greener pasture, and they maintain it with ease on their John Deere 1 Series tractor. The Frells family runs with us because this is more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a 1 Series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Stop in today to one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. For full-service residential and commercial network installation and management, you need Andrew Thompson at Thompson Engineering. Thompson Engineering will install and maintain long and short-range point-to-point Wi-Fi links, install security cameras, access controls, and provide audio-video engineering. Visit online at thompsonengineering.com or email contact at thompson, T-H-O-M-S-O-N, engineering.com. Thompson Engineering, network and radio solutions that work. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer? Teach your grandkids to fish. Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. If uh, you want to know why sometimes I take jabs at Brady, it's just simply because you people don't know what I have to deal with and what I'm working with. Oh, yeah, what you have to deal with. <laughs> That's, you're the victim here, Dennis. I'm sorry, I forgot. This. Let's go to the BWAC, our first shocker of the night. I'm shocked. I was, this score blew my mind. North Branch 28, Elmont, El Zippo. I can't remember the last time that they've been shut out. An 18-game BWAC winning streak snapped in a four-touchdown loss in a game that I said Elmont would win by three touchdowns. Yeah, and I, you know, I had been singing the praises of North Branch. I never had the the gall to pick the Broncos, and they showed me wrong. Like, it's one thing if Elmont, if they would have lost this game 28-27, I think I would have been surprised. They, North Branch won 28 to nothing. I, th- I think it's not that North Branch scored 28. It's that Elmont didn't score. That's where, like, I was just blown away by that be- because if you go back over the last decade, that's one thing Elmont does on a consistent basis is they score lots. Well, let me look. I'm going to try to look right now to see the last time that the Raiders have been shut out. It's, wow. Like, like you said, when uh, we were on the phone – on the, I was on my way over here when you told me that they had lost, and I was just, are you kidding me? 28 to nothing? I mean, their last loss was long enough ago, let alone their last. Yeah, their last BWAC loss was September 29th of 2017 Yeah, to Richmond. So, I mean, the last time the Raiders have been shut out, uh, it's actually when they lost to Algonac in the 2015 districts. Yeah, it's been a thirteen nothing win there. It's been a long time or loss against Algonac. So five years since they've been shut out. Yeah. So the, if if you're asking me two games into the season what's going on in the BWAC, I'm kind of shrugging my shoulders at you because right now the two teams that seem to be kind of breaking away from the uh, pack are North Branch and uh, Croslex, and we'll get to them in just a second. Now, I know Armada is 2-0, and but I'm not quite ready to put them in with the big boys, but who knows at right. this point because Richmond, and we'll, we'll get to the more of this uh, in just a second, Richmond's now winless two games into the season, and Elmont has a loss two games in right. the season, and, Elmont, I, and those are two things that I didn't see coming. And Almont plays Croslex up in Croswell next week. It's, wow, the BWAC is going to be just about impossible to figure out, aren't they? Yeah. Armada did what they were supposed to do. They beat Yale 40-17, to so the Tigers are 2-0 and now, and that kind of puts the exclamation point two on that Richmond win and, and to me gives it a lot of uh, value. Yale continues uh, to, to struggle. It's uh, been a, a rough uh, few years for the Bulldogs. Everybody told us Crosslex was going to be good, Brady. Um, mm-hmm. Look what they did to Richmond on Friday night. 36 to nothing. The Pioneers snap an eight-year losing streak to the Blue Devils. Paul Costanza was at the game, and at one point he just sent a text going, Croslex is really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one thing to have hype and go, this, these guys are going to be good. These guys are going to be good. But 
Croslex is walking the walk right now, and I mean, next Thursday show, we're going to have to pick between Croslex and Almont bouncing back. <laughs> what are you going to do for that? But, uh, I mean, Richmond breaking a lot of bad streaks. It was 10 years since they had lost to Armada. It was eight years since they lost to Croslex. You know the last time the Blue Devils started 0-2 was? Long time ago? 1993. Yeah, I knew it was a long time ago. And ironically, they started off against Armada and Croslex. Interesting. Yes. So you have to go back 27 years for the last time the Blue Devils started 0-2. So, I mean, on one hand, that's a nod to the program and the tradition they have here, but, you know, every team's going to have a down year, and maybe they just face two really good teams. Well, uh, now uh, Emily City's loss in week one um, doesn't disturb me as much because we know Cross-Lex is pretty good. Emily City uh, bouncing back with uh, a 34-14 win at Algonac over the Muskrats. Yeah. What are you looking at me for? You're the one that picked Algonac. I know. I'm bitter against Emily City now because I picked them to win. They play Cross-Lex, and no fault of their own. Cross-Lex is really good. I go against them, Algonac. And they show up and do what I think they were going to do in week one. So just because of my own ineptitude, I am very bitter <laughs> against the Spartans. Still love your steakhouse, though. <laughs> I do like Lucky's myself as well. So Emily City's 1-1, one one. Algonac Falls to 0-2 uh, uh, on the uh, year. Uh, in the GTC East, Brown City was out of league. They had a crossover with uh, a West team, and Unionville Seabwing put it on the uh, Green Devils. 53 to nothing. So now Brown City off to an 0 and 2 start on the uh, the season. But the the game of the night and the shocker of the night again for me was Sandusky beating Harbor Beach by two touchdowns, 42 to 30. And just when I was ready to give Harbor Beach the league championship last week after one game, Sandusky says, "Wait a minute, we've won the title in this league before too." Mm-hmm. And you know who Sandusky plays next week? Ubly, probably. Ubly. <laughs> so, for the third straight week, we're going to go, this is going to decide the GTC East. Yeah, and if Ubly wins, we're going to have a three-way tie in the GTC East. Well, you say that. Marlette, another win tonight, 31-18 over Alcona. They probably are going to have something to say about that up 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 there in Marlette. Well, you know, and look at the gaudy numbers that they put up. 506 yards of total offense for and the Raiders. And only 31 points, too. That's yeah. the surprising um, part. Ian uh, Shetter had uh, 24 carries for 183 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, Travis Fuller only rushed the ball three times and had 139 yards. That's a pretty good average. That's a really good average. I don't know what kind of a program Alcona is um, but Marlette now uh, put up some points against Brown City and uh, they get a 31-18 win uh, on the road at Al- Alcona to go to 2-0 on the uh, season uh, and as we thought Ubley uh, probably a little grumpy after last week's loss to Harbor Beach took it out on Memphis uh, kind of what we figured uh, would happen there with a uh, 59 to nothing victory for the Bearcats. Yeah, I've just found that the more I think I know about the area football teams, because usually high school is a little easier to talk about than college or pro just because the talent gap gets smaller and smaller. I I come back, I hear the scores, I'm like, wow, I have no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> anymore. Because, 
you know, I go back to our show Thursday. I was like, I think Sandusky has a chance. But I'm like, nah, Harbor Beach going to roll. Look at them proving well, it, me wrong. I mean, when certain teams, like th- there are three teams that I never bet against. Actually, the, there are four teams that I never bet against because it's just so seldom that they let you down. I never bet against Marine City. They hardly mm-hmm. ever lose. Just go look at their history. They hardly ever lose. In recent years, Elmont, they don't lose. They right. especially don't lose in their, their league. I just don't bet against them. It's bad odds. It's it's bad gambling. Harbor Beach is another one of those teams. The, they've just been so good for so long in that league, so dominant, that it's just until somebody beats them, it's hard to pick against them. And the other team is Deckerville in eight-man football. I never pick against the Eagles because they win better than 90% of the time. So it's it's hard to do it. Uh, Flint I- International forfeited the game uh, with Deckerville. Friday night, so the Eagles get a one nothing forfeit win. Uh, I, I don't know; they must have had injuries or something and couldn't field their their team because they won sixty to nothing last week, right? Um, and but they didn't want any part of Deckerville this week, apparently. Don't know the situation. Not going to speculate. Deckerville gets a win. Yeah, uh, Morris uh, rolled over New Haven Merritt fifty nine to uh, nothing again. Merritt not a bad program, but they're they've been moved up the division. And uh, and Morris is the defending state champ in eight man D one, and the Orioles showed why. Yeah, no, it's and you find out there's a big difference between the stars and the stripes in the NCTL. Yeah, and New Haven Merritt, like you said, not a bad program, but now you're up with the big boys. And yeah. the thing with eight man, there's not a lot of teams. So and especially in this area, you have a lot of really good eight man football teams because what. Three different teams in the area have won a state title in the last decade. Yeah, I mean, the the Thumb dominated eight-man football for the first uh, four years that it was in existence. And it was a shock when Deckerville went to the finals in the, the fifth year and got beat. Yeah. So. so, I mean, it's maybe not totally fair to merit, but you're going up there and you're playing with basically state title contenders. Yeah. Uh, and Peck got the win in their game with uh, Carsonville Port Sandlack, forty-six to uh, fourteen. So uh, Peck evens its uh, record and bounces back uh, from a tough loss last week against uh, Merrill. Uh, and CPS uh, again, small school with small numbers, still trying to figure it out right now. Um, uh, they're quite a ways away from the glory days of when they won the first two eight-man state championships. But the size of the school has changed since those days too. Mm-hmm. And you know, just looking at the board of all the scores, I mean. Obviously, North Branch beating Almont's the big surprise, but a week where I thought there was going to be a lot more closer scores. I expected Croslex Richmond to be closer. I expected Marysville Madison to be closer. Northern Sterling Heights was about what I expected, but a game where I thought we'd learn a lot about the area. I'm sitting here after two games, and I'm going, I don't know a whole lot more. I think Marysville's better than we thought, and I think North Branch is really good, but who knows? I know Elmont lost a lot of talent last year. I know the North Branch and the Sandusky games are the two where I'm looking up there going, okay, didn't see those coming. Other than that, uh, I I think things went this week the way I expected them. Maybe like I expected Croslex to win, maybe not 36 to nothing over Richmond, but maybe no. that gives us a better idea, too, of where Richmond's at this season. Right, so it kind of, I mean, and then if maybe Richmond isn't good, does that weaken the Armado win? Because Armada's going to have 
a tough set of games coming up here. I know you talked about it with Paul when he was on on Thursday about how they've gotten your hopes up before only to hit a really tough stretch. Armada goes to Emily City next week. I don't know if that's a slam dunk for the Tigers. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting game now as a look at the board today in Emily City bouncing uh, back and, and remembering that their loss is to Croslex, who might be an elite team now. And it was a close game through a half, and then Scaramazzino came in in the second half, and then it was off and running for the Pioneers. So our, our Meta Emily City now becomes uh, a, a very interesting uh, matchup uh, for uh, next week. We're, we're going to have a fun pick em show next week. Um, we'll talk about the pick after the break here, if I can get Brady to, to hang around because he may leave. Just go to break. He, he's not Just happy. go to break. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. For full-service residential and commercial network installation and management, you need Andrew Thompson at Thompson Engineering. Thompson Engineering will install and maintain long- and short-range point-to-point Wi-Fi links, install security cameras, access controls, and provide audio-video engineering. Visit online at thompsonengineering.com or email contact at thompson, T-H-O-M-S-O-N, engineering.com. Thompson Engineering, network and radio solutions that work. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis Stuckey along with uh, Brady uh, Beaton. Uh, Brady has gone into stall stall mode here. No, actually, this is not a stall. This is good news. Uh, we talked a little bit about Hunter Soper. Uh, I think when uh, Costanzo was uh, here mm-hmm. and talking about Cornerstone had made him an offer, and now he's getting another offer from somebody else. Yeah, from Madonna University. I believe that's where James DeLong went from Northern. So um, just popped up on my feed. I know it's from a few hours ago now when we're recording. But, yeah, just thought I'd mention it. Hunter Soper, probably the best basketball player in the area. Looking forward to basketball season. I am. Yeah. Uh, and that wasn't always the case in the Blue Water area. 
But Croslex is uh, is exciting, and I think right now a lot of the area schools are kind of evenly matched. Like there's no standout team between Northern, PH, Marysville, St. Clair, Marine City. When they get together, the games are pretty even, and you don't know who's going to win. Right. So now do we have to get to the next part? Or now we have to get to no, the next part, which uh, is the uh, picks. Uh, and I just uh, want to say that uh, Brady had a chance. Brady had a chance this week to be a hero and win the Congressional Medal of Honor. He had two chances. I know that deep down he wanted to pick North Branch, and he didn't do it, and he's kicking himself. And the other one is he wanted to pick Sandusky really bad, and again, he got cold feet when it came time. He heard me and Costanzo go Harbor Beach. Okay, is don't win act that like game. it was you guys that you know Elmont's going to win that game, and he just couldn't pull the trigger, or he would have made the move. Well, he did make a move. He made a move into the basement of the standings by going six and three through the first nine games because the PH game still has to be played at the time of uh, recording. But we all took PH, so no matter win or lose, it's not going to change the standings. I have a two-game lead over our guests. I am now 16-3 and three, uh, after a 7-2 and two first nine games this week. Uh, Paul Costanzo went 7-2, and uh, two, so our guests are now 14-5 and five for the year, two games behind me, and Brady falls to 13-6. and six with a 6-3 and three, uh, week uh, here. And now, now you're three games behind the savvy veteran. Good job. You can do math. Can um, <laughs> can I at least? A little least... bitter? Yeah. A little no, bitter. not at how, all. How are you going to be when the day comes that you're the leader? Oh, You're already insufferable. I'm going to be more insufferable. Instead of being, like, sad and sufferable, I'm going to be, like, happy and in-your-face insufferable. But – in any case, can I at least explain myself why I got cold feet? Okay. So the North Branch Almont game, I like it, it was a thought. I wasn't picking against Almont until they lost. So now they lose, and now I'm already thinking who I'm going to pick in that Cross Lex Almont game next week. That's going to be on my mind all week. But that was never really serious consideration. The Sandusky Harbor Beach game, I wanted to pick Sandusky. I wanted to. But my thought was, no, I'm not going to try to play smartest guy in the room and take Sandusky because I didn't have like a real reason. I just looked at that game and had a gut feeling that I went, maybe Sandusky can pull this one off. Maybe it's you know it's a weird year and they, they have had success before. Maybe they can go to Harbor Beach and win. I think sometimes you got to go with your gut because, I mean, it's high school football and it is kind of hard to pro- prognosticate. Okay, we all took the big L on the Harbor Beach Sandusky game. Mm-hmm. Um, the the game that that hurt you was Paul and I took Imlay City. You went with Algonac. You thought the Muskrats at home were going to bounce back uh, and uh, and get the win, but it was the Spartans who bounced back and uh, and, and they're and they're two of my win. three games back. I had them against Croslex. You and uh, Brandon Folsom, I believe, both had. Uh, the the pioneers in that game. Yeah, and I had the Spartans. They lose. Then I picked them to win. We or picked them to lose week two. And then now Algonac lets me down. And I'm not bitter against Algonac, but Emily City, man, 
You're just you're just killing me. Then everything else we matched up. We all won with Armada. We all won with Croslex. We all lost with Elmont. Mm-hmm. We all won with Marine City. We all won with Marysville. We all picked Gross Point North, and we all picked uh, Port Huron Northern. And I will give you pro- your props because you said how you thought Northern would win the game, and actually that's how it turned out. Yeah, I don't get a bonus point for it, though. But no, you don't. You and me both, the Croslex Richmond game, that was one of the harder ones to pick. I almost went with the Blue Devils. I almost game. did, too. I, I really thought that, you know, the Armada thing was going to be what they needed to give them a little kick and that they'll mm. win at home. But I just I went with the press clippings on Croslex, and it turned out to be a, a good thing that uh, I did. And then Marysville-Madison was a game I think we both thought was going to be a lot closer. But after I did the Clintondale-Marine City game, I felt very confident in the Vikings. Yeah, I, I think uh, Marysville is is not a bad team based on what I'm hearing. Um, I, I liked the way they played last year. I mean, you know, the, they, they had a good season. Um, and a lot of people, everybody in Marysville last year told me that the Vikings wouldn't be any good, and then they made the playoffs. And I'm thinking, right. well, they haven't lost a ton of guys. Why wouldn't they improve upon that? Uh, and still be a good team, and may, and with that experience of last year, maybe even be a little bit better team this year. And now, I think you are seeing them improve, yeah. just even even not game by game, quarter by quarter. To be honest with you, because to be honest, they blew out Hazel Park last week. Hazel Park scored some garbage I think it was touchdowns late in the game, nine to twelve or thirty six to twelve, yeah. whatever it may be. And then uh, and then to win by uh, thirty seven over Madison, that that hasn't happened to Madison a lot in recent. Uh, years no um, but the eagles the, are obviously down. not as good but um, still not to take away from marysville madison is down um so i mean marysville they have to play clintondale next week again think that'll be a win for the vikings and then fitzgerald's gonna be a tricky one they have to go down there fitzgerald has athletes and by week four i think they'll have more of their offense in but I'm, you know what? I'm calling it right now. I'm all aboard the four and zero versus four and zero Marysville Marine City game in Week Five for the Max Silver Title. I am on the bandwagon. I'm getting the train rolling. I'm going to be at that game. I I'm want four and zero versus four and zero. I do too, because uh, that that would be exciting uh, for those two schools and for that rivalry. Which when was the last time they fierce. both met? Undefeated, like actually more than like one game into the season. Yeah, I think it's been a while. Because, I mean, like, if you go back the last, like, 50 years, it's been 25 years of Marysville and then 25 years of Marine City, basically. So, I mean, I would love, absolutely love an undefeated Max Silver Championship game in uh, Week 5. I think that's the 16th, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't have the schedule. It would, yeah, it would be the 16th. I, I, I leave that to you. You're the guy that works 27 windows on your computer at one time. I, just know I, I struggled just to use the two to record this show. I know. You almost <laughs> broke your computer before we recorded. It was upsetting me. It was. It was. But now it's all working, and now I think I think we had another good show. And, you know, it was a fun week, too. You want to talk about the, the playoff thing real quick? I don't want to get too I mean, in-depth we'll, we'll talk into about it, it more in uh, on Tuesday's podcast, but the MHSA released the pairings. So as I understand it, um, they what they do now and what they're going to do in future years when it's a normal year is at the beginning of the year they're saying these teams are D1, these teams are D2 all the way through. 
because in years past, you like especially at Marysville, I know they are a school, Marine City. Um, they go Marysville, for example. They go, okay, are we D three? Are we D four? Who got enough playoff points? Who got to six wins? My sophomore year when I was at Marysville, we had to go up to D three, and the rest of the years I was in D four. That's not a thing anymore. They're saying. These are the D1 teams, these are the D2 teams. Here's how we determine the playoff points. The top 32 teams in each division, those are the playoff teams. So Marysville's Division 3, I think Port here on High and Northern are Division 2. Marine City, or no, St. Clair, Yale, North Branch, uh, Armada, Almont. I said Croslex, didn't I? Um, no, you did now. If you did, well, before. yeah. So <laughs> Richmond, uh, Richmond might be D five, but there's a, those are the D four teams. They have uh, Marine City and Almont are D five. Um, we'll go over them a little more in depth. Um, just looking at it initially, I know Marysville got a very tough draw. I know they have MLK and East English in their region. Um, so what I'm assuming what they're going to do is from those regions that they made is they're going to seed them based off playoff points one through eight and then start the playoffs from there. That's what I understand. Um, maybe on Tuesday there will be more clarification. But So I know PH and Northern are in the same one. Almont and Marine City avoid each other in the uh, region. I know Marine City goes down to like Detroit. They have like Denby, um, who was a state semifinalist. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, Algonac had to kind of run that uh, gauntlet, and they did okay. So yeah. So well, again, we'll go over it more in depth on Tuesday. But it was a uh, it was interesting to see, and I think the MHSAA, who I have been critical of in the past, I think they're making the best of a bad situation. All right. So our next podcast comes up on uh, Tuesday. And uh, our next game, depending on when you're listening to this, is 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon, Port Huron High against uh, Lance Cruz. Uh, that'll be on Stream 1. And then we have another four-game week for you next week, a Thursday game at Marysville, Marysville and Clintondale. Then our regular two uh, Friday night games, I'll have Northern again, this time against Lance Cruz. You'll be uh, back to see Marine City as they're taking on Hazel for Park. For the third straight week, yep, yep, at East China Stadium. No, they love you down there right now. Apparently. Because uh, they... you're, you're good luck for them. Well, I mean, I don't think they need me for good luck. But <laughs> And then, yeah, Saturday, PH with their second straight Saturday of the game, they take on Lakeshore. They go down to face the Shoreians, and they lost to Frazier. That might be a uh, tough one for Lakeshore. Well, uh, you'll enjoy watching the uh, the Big Reds. Trust me on that. I don't care who they're playing. Hmm. And, 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 in fact, if, if they're rolling, they're even more fun to watch. So yeah. uh, it's just uh, it's just something else. All right, uh, any uh, final thoughts here before uh, we uh, pack it in and call it a day? So that, No, uh, it was a fun week, too, and the short season kind of sucks because next time we do this uh, episode on Saturday, we'll be halfway through the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. It, well, that's how fast it usually goes anyways but it's going to go even faster with a six game regular season all right so for uh, brady i'm uh, dennis stuckey and this has been the uh, tri-county equipment get stuck on sports podcast and we'll talk to you again on tuesday from port huron to marysville and st Clair to marine city the blue water area is stuck on sports